Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's <laughs> happening at the movies. Yes. At the movies. And since it's around Halloween time, Jamie Lee Curtis, my guest today, has decided to come back to Halloween as the former babysitter, Laurie Strode, and do a movie. Well, why should I talk about this? I should just welcome you. Well, thank you very much. Me. And by the way, popcorn mm -hmm. is the sort of connective tissue for people in the movies. You know, we don't eat popcorn at home. We watch movies at I home. I never do. Right, we mm -hmm. watch movies at home, often we're in bed or wherever, and we sit there like this. <laughs> and we watch movies. <laughs> there is nice. something, this being this sort of conduit between your experience in a movie theater, the difference between watching a movie at home and going to a theater and sitting with strangers in the dark, mm -hmm and having an experience, be it a comedy, be it a love story, everybody's <laughs> sobbing or screaming. And it's just, it's such a perfect, um, like when you said, and this is popcorn, it was like, that's the connective tissue. That's it, especially Halloween. Yeah. You want to be with those people in the you dark do. eating popcorn and getting it all over your face and have butter drip all it's, over. It, it's like um, um, Norman Desmond <laughs> saying, you know, and those wonderful people out there in the dark. But you know what? It's being in the dark is so scary when you're watching a horror film and you're with people and everyone is anxious and sort of being carried by the story. It's very exciting. Do you get scared? Oh, get I'm scared? a terrible. Oh, no, 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 no. Peter, Travers, what? What I am, come, I'm telling I'm a you, terrible. your mom did Psycho. I know. That was the scariest I know. of all things. You I grew know. up with that. I know, but but you know what the truth is? I don't think I ever saw Psycho until I was an adult. Um, you didn't, you know, we didn't have VHSs and <laughs> we didn't have uh, Netflix and streaming. When I grew up, a movie came out and that was it. Mm -hmm. And so people would talk to me about it. Really what scared me about Psycho was the amount of people who talked to me about it, who would say to me, wow, your mom was in Psycho, the shower, all of it. I really don't think the movie itself scared me. It was people's perception of the movie scared me. Well, maybe that's what you were talking about, when people are out there in the dark, too, when they're screaming. Well, there is a, there's something that happens, and clearly I wouldn't have a career were it not for the fact that people like to go in the dark and scream in a group of people. I owe every one of you my entire creative life because it gave me a place in the industry that I would not have been able to have. Well, I mean, you've done your fair share of those scary movies. I have. But the fact is, that's not the only thing No, but done. it gave me my start. You know, I, I would not have had an easy go of a start were it not for horror films. And the truth of the matter is I can connect, link the dot between Halloween and every other movie I have made that made a big impact. John, um, um, uh, John Landis hired me for Trading Places. Nobody knows this. Mm -hmm. Only because prior to Trading Places, he, he did a horror film trailer documentary short called Coming Soon about 50s horror movie trailers. And he needed a narrator. For the documentary, who did he hire? That's right, that me. A, a woman he'd never met, a young girl mm -hmm. who was in horror movies. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm doing the, hi, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. Here we are on the back lot at Universal. And in the process, John got to know me. And so when he was casting Trading Places, 
horror films linked me to him. And when he gave me that gig, which changed my life, mm -hmm. it was because of a horror film. And then John Cleese saw um, Trading Places and wrote Wanda, and Jim Cameron saw Wanda and wrote True Lies. Literally every <laughs> big step connects back is to all back films. to this horror films were you sitting home i know you weren't home watching psycho but were you watching scary movies nothing 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 didn't want any part nothing. of nothing you don't even have a movie that's your Bambi favorite scary me. movie well i have a movie that's my favorite simply because it was thrust upon me it was the exorcist um it was thrust upon me for two funny reasons one ray stark was a very good friend of my mother's Ray Stark is the producer. And I was me, everything about me, at 12, 13. Mm -hmm. So I was precocious, cute, <laughs> kind of obnoxious, loud, funny, flirty, all the attributes. And I was that at 13. He so you could have been Ray. He called my mother and asked her if I could audition for Reagan. And oh. she said, no. And so then I didn't. Then the movie came out, and for my 15th birthday, we screened it at my parents. My parents had a screening capability. And for my friends, we screened, that and we screened um, The Exorcist. And it scared me so badly that the rest of my high school years, my friends would run after me down the hall and run after me and say, Demi, Demi, why you do this <laughs> to me, Demi, Demi. And good. it freaked me out so bad that I named my first car, my personalized license plate, Demi. Demi. But you see, it's ironic that here I sit at almost kissing 60, talking about Halloween, a 40-year-later sequel to a movie I made in 1978 a girl who hates horror movies, but had her personalized license plate, Demi. Demi. I was scarred by that, and I, I don't know why I allowed myself to see it, you know? You I don't, don't know. revisit it very often. Oh, <clears throat> Peter. <laughs> I don't know. Peter, look at I me. I can't tell. Look at me. No, I mean. Come on. No. <laughs> no I don't, you know, happen. Aladdin scared me. <laughs> There's a point where Jafar... Becomes like a big, scary thing at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it is scary. And that scared me. Yeah. All the Disney movies, too. They're, they're always wiping out a parent or two in every one of them. But see, you're a film lover. Mm -hmm. You've been a film lover your whole life. I have. And I will give a lot of money to charity if you can tell me my... Because um, my, um, I'm going to change it, Heidi. Don't worry. I'm, <laughs> after I this, I'm going to out myself here on national television. Um, I'm going to give you a lot of money to charity. Well, I'll give it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Why well, make a bet? I'm going to give it anyway. Yeah. But uh, if you can tell me what my traveling um, nom de plume is when I travel. Well, I want to go into do, the exorcist. No. But I can, no. So then I'm going to fail. ready? Yeah. Rhoda Penmark. <laughs> the bad seed. The bad seed is Rhoda Penmark. I'm Rhoda Penmark. <clears throat> I've been traveling through Europe with a lot of this. Good morning, <laughs> Miss Penmark. Okay. Did you? Rhoda Penmark. Au clair de la lune, mon ami. Did you? Rhoda, stop Rhoda. that. Mother, what would you give me if I gave you a basket full of kisses? <clears throat> I'd, give, I'd give you a basket full of hugs, hugs. my darling. <laughs> oh, mother, 
Rhoda Penmark, the murdering 11-year-old. So I guess that got into your consciousness too, somewhere along the line. I'm telling you, for a girl who doesn't like horror movies, Rhoda Penmark is my girl. (laughs) Rhoda, it's so great to have you. Yes, far out, exactly, right? It really is. Now Heidi's, by the way, my friend Heidi Schaefer um, is now calling all of the future places we're staying going. We have to change her name. Now she's Linda Blair. Right? Well, exactly. I mean, we'll have to figure it out. Marion Crane, perhaps. Ooh, oh, why not? Uh, uh, no, just gave that one away. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of him, Peter. You can't use Laurie Strode because right, no, everyone no, would no, know. No, no, Laurie Strode, Marion Crane. Everyone now wrote a pen mark, done. I, right now, people are changing addresses on envelopes. <laughs> because every room I checked into, it said, wrote a pen mark. I kept taking pictures, sending them to my husband every time he laughed. It just seems very strange. And he strange. just stayed with me in a hotel. Yeah. And he ordered a coffee. And when he picked up the phone and said, hi, is this room service? And the woman said, yes, Mr. Penmark. <laughs> it so is. Great. What can I do for you anyway? Sorry. Your Peter. husband being Christopher Guest. At least you're married to this like fun guy or that we all see. He's a meet. very talented guy. Yeah. He's a wonderfully talented guy. I could watch Best in Show. I can watch Best in and Show of course, along with you. This Waiting is for final tip. Didn't my magazine, Rolling Stone, bring you two together? Well, it did, Peter Travers. I really? Um, and uh, there was an article about Spinal Tap mm-hmm. in 1984 in uh, Rolling Stone magazine with Cindy Lauper on the cover, where she's whipping her skirt one way and her legs are going the other. <laughs> and um, I saw his picture with Michael McKean and Harry Shearer, but just a picture of them as guys, and said to Deborah Hill... My friend, the woman who wrote Halloween um, and produced it and became one of my best friends, she was sitting on a couch with me, and I said to her out loud, oh, I'm going to marry that guy. And it was a picture of Chris and Michael and Harry. And then you turned the page, and um, then it was them in character. And it was shot by Aaron Rappaport. And I remember looking at the picture going, oh, yeah, I know, I'm going to marry him. And then I called his agent, left my number. He never called me, and I ran into him randomly at a restaurant, and we got married four months later. Wow, something must have been happening in those months. You know what? I just, um, there's a great quote that I live by by a woman named Marisha Pessel who wrote a book called Special Topics in Calamity Physics. It's a novel, a great mystery novel. And in it, she talks about life and how we all think it's going to proceed. And she says, none of it really does. She says, quote, life hinges on a couple seconds you never see coming. And what happens, what you do in those seconds determines everything from then on, and you won't know what you're going to do until you're there. And that's how I've lived my life. My life has hinged on seconds I never saw coming. Nothing, nothing I planned has ever occurred. (laughs) And I mean my career, my marriage, my children, everything, my books, everything. Every creative venture I have has never been an idea in my head until the second it happens. <laughs> well, then it's working. But that's, for me, I think that's why that quote resonated, because it does. Well, I'm just thinking, too, because Deborah Hill, because she's the creator of Halloween. I know. Before that, and you're, you're telling her about the picture you see in the magazine. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everything connects back it to Halloween. It all comes back to Halloween. It does. I, you and I should run a show together. Boy, really I, you should. and I could. It's like we could just we do could it. We could just like, compl- we should do a world tour. 
And we can have a, we can have the audience come in with names that you should use yeah, we, when exactly. you're checking into Perfect. places. And when we travel be, the world together, oh, it would be doing so much show, fun. We can change my Look, name. Look, I'm ready. I'm ready you're to ready leave to it all behind. Ready, and do Peter? This. You know, okay. Yeah. I realize that I've been having a, such a fun time talking to you that I barely mentioned Halloween. Well, let's mention it for a second. <laughs> well, no, because is it over? Are we done? No, we're not done. Okay. No, well, no. I don't know. So no, it's it's all good. But it's a terrific movie. It's a and terrific yet, movie. And yet, what's ha- and you are great in it. Thank you very much. You're the, you got hair. I don't know what I that wig hair. was. Nice. You didn't grow that out. No. No. It is a wig. But it is kind of the, you know, hashtag time's up for male predators going on in it. Well, it's interesting. It was, you know, the movie was written before the Time's Up movement. The Time's Up movement really started mm-hmm. October 10th last year. Isn't that amazing? A year ago. Year's anniversary, yeah. A year ago, mm-hmm. look at what's happened. Mm-hmm. And so the movie was written before that. And so the idea of generational trauma and a woman really taking back the power from a trauma from her perpetrator mm-hmm. was written by David Gordon Green and weirdly enough, Danny McBride <laughs> and true. Jeff Radley, you know, uh, six months before. But clearly it has, since the Time's Up Me Too movement has begun, the voices of trauma, of women expressing what happened to them, what it did to their lives, how ruined they felt, and the power that comes from confronting it. We just as a nation watched a woman raise her hand and testify under oath that she was aggressed when she was 17 years old, and she has carried that trauma all the way through her life. And whether or not her testimony resulted in the result that maybe some people wanted, me included, Mm -hmm. the act of testifying has now brought another wave of women forward saying, I kept quiet all my life. I have been silent all my life. And that's the power that has been imbued into a slasher movie. This is a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. This is an exploitation, thrill-seeking, eat your popcorn, cover your eyes, jump, <laughs> like, jump and scare. Mm-hmm. And yet at the core, there's a story of survival and what that violence does to someone. And that, to me, is something to be proud of in 2018. It really is, and generationally so, because in the movie, Lori's got a daughter who she's not really getting along with. Well, she with. Had been remo- yeah, who was removed, removed from, from her, her custody. And a granddaughter. Yeah. So you see three generations of women. And that's the poetry of David Gordon Green and Danny. By setting the movie in a generational triumvirate mm-hmm. of Lori, Allison, and Karen Strode, this is a fiction, but... The talking about it generationally, anybody who's a soldier who's come back from a traumatic war, what we know about World War I, what we know about World War II, the trauma that, that our military personnel suffer. PTSD. It's comes, it but it becomes then a family trauma. Mm-hmm. And then even generationally, in utero, it can get transferred to the next generation. We know that now. We have longitudinal studies about what well, trauma does Hasn't to, to the, the neural right pathways yeah. Yeah, of your mind. Yeah. And so, again, 
linking what we're talking about, about a slasher movie, is exciting because it means that artists are taking real experiences and putting that into a safe place in a dark theater where people can interact and have the same reaction. But it's a conversation that's crucial. I think what's also very powerful is that Michael Myers, as he's always been, you know, is this masked representation of something that you're scared of. And we present and project what we think is behind that mask. You know, a dead pan Mm -hmm. is a non-tell. You know, in poker, they talk about the tell. People who have the great deadpan faces, you project Mm -hmm. what they're thinking because they're not giving you anything. And a white mask is almost like a movie screen. You know, a white mask, human, but with no expression. And he makes no sound. You then project every fear you've ever had into that. And that's John Carpenter and Deborah Hill's genius. This movie, Halloween, even though there's been nine sequels, some of which you participated in, they're gone. Well, they're gone because in order to tell the story of trauma, of what really Mm -hmm. happened to Laurie Strode in 1978, we had to connect it from 78 to 2018. Mm -hmm. If we had to take all the detours of all the storylines, it wouldn't be possible. And she's been waiting. Laurie is basically not going to take it anymore. Laurie's life has been ruined Mm -hmm. by the events Mm -hmm. of 40 years ago. As we said, her child has been taken from her. She lives in isolation. She has no friends. She She doesn't talk to anybody. And she has spent her life preparing for one thing, Michael Myers. And the reality is, We live in a sad reality, and the reality is that children today in first grade are taught active shooter um, planning the way we were taught duck and cover, Mm -hmm. remember, for For nuclear, for a nuclear H-bomb, right? (laughs) But you see, in 1978, 1982, when Lori had a child in first grade, all the parents were wondering, you know, if they were going to do finger painting and Laurie Strode was sitting in the back going, hi, excuse me, what's your exit strategy? What, what's your plan? Because she was paranoid. So Laurie has been perseverating about one thing only, and that's Michael Myers. And so the movie, it is, it is a meeting that she has been waiting for for 40 years. Those are the two serious issues, uh, carrying something that through generations that yeah. you have where you destroy your own life yeah. as does vengeance, yeah. you know, even though she wants to do it. And it's, we all feel that. We all feel that frustration that yes. she's feeling. Well, because we all carry something. Trauma but, is not just in a horror movie, an act of random violence. People have trauma in all sorts of areas and we have choices. You can, it can either kill you You can run your whole life from it, Mm -hmm. or you can have it affect your life, your entire life, until you face it. And that's what every one of those gymnasts did. That's what every one of those women who testified against Bill Cosby, that's what every one of these women have accused Harvey Weinstein of doing, which is 
they are no longer, they, it didn't kill them. They are not running from it. Mm-hmm. It has affected their every move of their life until they have stood up and raised their hand and said, no more. I am taking back the power because then I can have a life. That's a hell of a lot of things for a slasher movie to do. Right. Yeah. And David Gordon Green did it. And how he and Danny and Jeff created a funny, a movie that has humor. A lot of it. A um, movie that has homage to the 78 movie and other Halloween movies, but really tells this inherently deep story um, of this collision between good and evil. It does, which um, is, you know, so mythic. It's, and the myth is now reality. People walking around dealing with these traumas. Right. So and you have that. It's all happening in October in 2018 18. in time for an October 19th release of Halloween. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's something phenomenal so about just, what that, of, yeah. of what's happened. When you look at this, I know I have to get you out of here. When... The people come for you. I don't know. It's just your life, you know? They, they just people do. come for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's the call. That'll be the, this is, uh, the uh, whatever tagline of the Peter interview. People <laughs> come, come for, for her. her. They do. They do. They do. When you look at but this when we, version. when we're doing our, our show, show. we don't care. We, we don't care because they we don't. just do whatever we They say. won't come for yeah, us. Yeah, they won't come for us. No one will We'll be like, we own the show. We are the show. So go away. Go. We're just going to talk about That's whatever it. we want. We don't care about any of the frou-frou no. outside of what Mm-mm. we're talking about. I can't wait. And see, I would rather do an entire show where I just flip. I'm going to Missy Elliott it, girls. Flip it, reverse <laughs> it, and focus the entire thing on you. And spend my entire day going, what was the first movie you remember seeing? Wow. What was it? I'm ready. What was it? What was the first one I remember you seeing? You remember Vertigo. seeing Vertigo, it had that impact? It did. It was like... How old were you? What is this? Okay, what is this? Yeah, no, I saw like the Disney things when I was doing, but I saw this one on television, and I went... And you went... I was like 10, and I said, what is this? What is this? And I looked for people who would talk to me, and they they said, I don't want to talk. I don't know, you know? And so since then, I've been looking for people to talk. Okay, I'm going to connect the dot. You ready? Okay, here it is. Your first movie was an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. And he ended up making a movie called Psycho, which starred my mother, <laughs> who dies in the shower. And now her daughter is sitting here wearing a red power suit, talking to you about a movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm freaked out now completely. That was a good time. I don't I mean, need on. any Halloween movie. That yeah, was, it was a it was really great, great. good. It was great. But this show, since you haven't been on this show yet, ends in song. I have no idea what the song is that's in your heart that you I want have to sing? sing? Yeah, you do. Oh, I don't sing. Oh, it's, I don't care. It's just the little. I don't no, sing. Come on. We're going to do a show together. We're going to sing all the time. Okay, So I well, just need a little bit of You know something. what it is? What? It's a song you're not going to know. Good. Because it's what I've been doing for the last month, and my team are all going to be going like this. Oh. It goes... Do you know what the song is? No. Do the hustle. Do the hustle. Look at that. Brian's doing the hustle. All right. I have I just have I'm speechless, which I never am.
Because <laughs> no, our show is going to be so good. Our show will strike everyone's It's going to be so good. Wow.